Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in. On a Thursday edition of the JP Peterson Show, we're in studio today. Nick and I are sitting right next to each other in a rare occurrence here uh, as we... Uh, Enjoy the uh, wonderful confines here of our RHSTV studio here in beautiful St. Petersburg. Boy, we got a big show for you today. Something I I did not see coming. I did not see coming. I definitely uh, whiffed on this one. Wander Franco, according to some very informed so- sources, may never play Major League Baseball again. I never thought I would read that. I never thought it would come to this. But uh, a lot of moving parts to the Wander story. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, the Bucks had a f- tremendous practice yesterday against the Jets in areas where they really needed to excel. They excelled. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the Jets and Buccaneers practice from yesterday. The Rays get a big win last night. Some crazy plays, including a pinch hit inside the park home run i'm like how do i even phrase this a pinch hit inside the park home run good morning to you nick Gaddis from on three sports how are you i'm doing good glad to see you in studio glad to see you actually here today because after the night you saw you had last night what i hear and what i saw on your uh your social media well our our good friends at american mortgage services uh one of our great sponsors clayton heitler and uh the great scott fitzgerald uh treated uh, ashley and i to a wonderful meal at capitol grill now, Capitol Grill in most big steak restaurants, the experience at the restaurant is fantastic. I, afterwards, the post-game party, not as good. Not as good. There's something about dry-aged beef and I that I should f- figure out by now, but it's so good going down. But, man, it takes a toll. It takes a toll on my body. <laughs> so I'm in here, I mean, and maybe I may I may have had one too many uh, rum on the rocks. I, I think I, I think we could rocks. infer we could infer. So yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but that's okay. I answered the bell, drove from my Orlando this morning, answered the bell. You know, you, there's no time for you know sentimentality. You got to get up and go. You got to get up and go. We got work to do here. Let's go. So nobody wants to hear me belly aching about how hungover I am. <laughs> Look at these eyes. Look at those eyes. <laughs> right, this is a this is a Mar- all America baby, red, white, and blue. I've got them all going right right now. So yeah, it was a good time. So big thanks to American Mortgage Service and Clayton and Fitz and their whole team. They're they're really cool over there. Shannon um, met a lot of great guys who are now big fans of the show. And I'm trying to remember all their name. Adonis. I met a guy named Adonis last night. This big old dude looks like an Adonis. So they're all fans of the show. If you guys are watching this morning, we love you. Thanks for dinner last night. And uh, somebody should have stopped me after about four of those rooms. So I blame all of you. I blame all of you. But anyway, uh, I'm here, and uh, we're ready to roll. And we we are going to begin with um, what is some not-so-good news on the Wander Franco uh, front. Now, I'll say this with, you know, I, for the last couple days, we've been telling you, I think this is going to go away. I think this is going to go away because that's what happens in the Dominican Republic. That's what happens in our country now. If you have a lot of money and you're well-positioned in power, 
um, you don't answer to the same justice that other people do. That's just a, that's the way it works in this world. And uh, apparently, the task force that has been uh, put on this case for Wanda Franco, um, there is a an initiative in the Dominican Republic to turn around a culture of abuse of young women that has gone on for far too long. And Wanda Franco may be the example that they want to make. And, of course, it doesn't matter. You know, I, 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 I don't pretend to know how the, all these things work over there. I, we, we've talked to some people from the Dominican Republic. We had Orestes on yesterday, and we were all kind of like, you know, this is, this is bad stuff. We'll wait, wait to see if there's a smoking gun. But if history tells us anything, these things usually go away, right or wrong. This is what usually happens with baseball players in the Dominican Republic. Um, and money is paid, and that's just the way things are, are done. And evidently, that's not the way things are going to be done in this case. And Wander Franco, if these reports are true, and now you've dug into it a little bit more than I, but from what I've seen on Twitter by what I believe are, are, are reputable sources um, and what we've seen from the, the statements from the government as well, right. it doesn't look good. Right, and this is coming from uh, Hector Gomez, who's an OB insider down there in Dominican Republic. And for anybody trying to question his sources on this, as he reminded some people yesterday, the source in this case is the same one that gave him the news when he had originally broke Wander Franco's extension with the Rays. Before anybody predicted or had that out, it was Hector Gomez. Okay. So he's very plugged into Wander Franco and everybody else yep. in the Dominican Republic. Okay. But he put this tweet out uh, early this morning, 121 in the morning to be exact. Uh, it will be very unlikely that Wander Franco will play an MLB again, judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out which directly commit him to the accusations against him. And again, that came from a person very close to the investigation surrounding the case. Wow. And then we had the follow-up. ESPN put an article out, um, and there was some quotes in here from some of the people involved, the prosecutors, and they said next week they should be able to give out information without hurting the investigation. So at least this is going to go on throughout next week as well. So he's not coming back to play anytime soon. You wouldn't think so, no. Wow, wow, uh, this is this is a, a bombshell to say the least. I mean, here, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, a week, a week Friday night, Friday night, yeah, Friday night, he had one of the greatest moments in his major league career in one of the wackiest games we've seen, where he walks it off with a, with a home run that was <laughs> that he just he knew was coming. He knew that pitch was coming, and it was one of his best moments. And within two days, th- th- this guy may not ever play Major League Baseball again? One of the greatest talents we've ever seen, uh, certainly in a Rays uniform, and projected as, you know, a future Hall of Famer. And these sources are saying he may never play Major League Baseball again. I, I, I find that a little hard to believe. Um, but wow. Wow. It's not trending. Let's just say it's just not trending in the right direction or no, the direction we no, thought it was going down. No, this is getting no, – I, I completely whiffed on this one. As, as the more we get into this and this investigation unfolds, and, again, not all the information is clearly being released. It sounds like we're going to get that next week and get more clarity. But it's not trending in the right direction. And if you're the Rays, you've got to be pretty concerned about what's going on with your, your fran- the face of your franchise. And as I said earlier this week, without trying to overreact, without having all the facts of the case – this is the kind of thing, in my opinion, that sets the franchise back. Because we can talk wow. about all the guys wow. they have coming up in the, in the pipeline, the shortstops, all those things, the other players on this team. Wander Franco, this happening, that sets your franchise back 
tremendously. There's no way around it. And as we've been saying, regardless of the fact that they're playing good baseball right now and they seem to be doing okay without him, how's that going to hold up in the postseason? Mm, big oof there, as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's a sad situation for all the parties involved. End of story. Well, and, and, and what's starting to become a very evident is that there were some heinous crimes here. And we, you know, there were reports of a 14-year-old girl. Just wow. I mean, I just can't imagine how stupid you have to be. I mean, I just, I hate to be critical in this moment. We still don't have, have the, the information. But if, it, if his career is ended by this, man, this will go down as one of the worst decisions ever made by a baseball player or any human being. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about three, four, half a billion dollars this kid could have made. He's already guaranteed 180. By the way, obviously, if this, you know, this, there's must be something in his contract. You know, there are clauses in contracts for uh, behavior and illegal behavior that will void this contract. So, wow. Um, I, and, and just, if, I mean, you don't get cornerstones of franchises. You don't get players like this. No, this the Rays have been a franchise now for 25 years, and there has never, ever been a player. We've had a lot of great players come through the pipelines. Guys who have won Cy Youngs, yeah. when I look at David Price, guys who have been in all-star games, the Carl Crawford Crawfords, of the world, the yeah. Evan Longoria's of the world. In all respect to those guys, they are not in the same stratosphere of a talent of Wander Franco. His bat-to-barrel ball-to-barrel skills are unlike anything I've, right. I've and, seen. And to the point of what you said on Friday, it's so f- it's not funny, but like it's just very ironic that if that is the last moment of Wander Franco, it was the game where I thought he truly showed off his five-tool potential yes. more than yes. anything. The yes. walk-off home run, he stole a base in that game. The jump throw. The Jeter jump throw. Everything that makes Wander Franco a special player you got in that game, and it's going to be a, a real shame if that's the lasting moment of his career. And, you know, just from a baseball standpoint, which is completely secondary um, to what's what's happened here, especially as far as the victim goes, um, you don't even get a chance to trade him and get value in return. All you've invested in Wander Franco and your your entire most every decision you've made as a ball club re- revolves around him, you know, setting up other pieces around him it, it, like a stalwart in your lineup for, you know, 15 years to come a potential Hall of Fame player. And you think about it now, there's two two talents, you know, and I've and I've I've, I've seen a lot of players come through, right? Uh, in my in my many years covering the sport. And I would put Josh Hamilton and Wander Franco in the top 5 of players I've ever seen as far as five tool goes. And I'm not talking just Rays, I'm talking in the history of baseball at least in, with my eyes. I put put him Ken Griffey Jr. Um, I, I, you know, Alex Rodriguez, he, they're in this conversation, both of those guys and, but the Rays are going to get very little of either one, which is unbelievable. Two generational talents. Wow. It's, it's, it's almost like a, a cursed franchise. In many ways, I mean, look at everything that get every, the hell out of Tropicana look, Field. Right? Look at everything get that's the happened. Get out of Tropicana Field. Get new ownership in here and start anew in Tampa Bay. Put a new new name on the team. 
Put a new everything on it. Too. I mean, I've already felt like before this situation, you couldn't help but feel there was a curse on this, this franchise because it seems like every year that there's promise, something goes wrong. Yeah. Other than, and, and I'll go back to the last 15 years, other than the, the 2020 year and the pandemic, which we're not taking anything away from them. Everybody played it. Yep. And the Rays had everything go right for them that season. Yeah. Other than that, there has been something that seems to derail this team every single year when they're pushing towards playoff berth. And because look at this year, we have four we have four guys from your from your rotation that all had Tommy John surgery this year. Yeah. Four guys. That's just unheard of. I don't know if that's ever happened. No. Uh, you know, and now you have the the Wander situation. You don't have your ace for all of next year. See you in twenty twenty five, right? Uh, to a lesser extent, Manuel Margot goes down with the injury. Now he's probably going to be out for the season. It just seems like they continue to just get hit with other stuff over and over and over. And like I've been saying, how much can you overcome? How much can one team overcome? And the Rays have always been the team that could overcome anything. Yeah. But when it comes to trying to win a World Series, yeah. I don't know if you can overcome all this. No. They're dead in the water. as a speed. Just I, Maybe they could rally around this. You know, I will say, so far, yeah. they have done a good job, it seems like, of galvanizing together, and they have other guys that are stepping up. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact, and I said this yesterday, even though it doesn't feel like it, this team is still <laughs> number two in the American yes, League and number yes. three in the entire MLB. It doesn't feel like That's it, crazy. but it's a testament to, again, like I said, they're able to overcome and just move through everything better than any other team in the league. You can't take that away from them. But this is such a different team from April and, Mar- uh, April and May. It's a completely and different we, team. And, with and all the in all respects, yeah. we always knew it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. We thought it would be in a different way, but uh, that they'd be, you know, adding some pieces and fine-tuning everything, you know, heading and, and become their best self in September. And instead, we're going to see their worst self in September in terms of personnel. Uh, whether they go out and win games, that remains to be seen. Savali was fantastic yesterday. He was really, really good. Yeah. That curveball was nice. Yeah, the, the, we talked about yesterday. That the stuff was nice. The stuff was not there for the first two starts. Yeah. And, again, you, you let this guy get a little bit more time with Kyle Snyder mm-hmm. and the way the Rays do things, yep. and you'll see a different Aaron Savali, and that started yesterday. Yeah. And uh, the big man, Luke Rayleigh, as uh, one of our commenters said, doing Luke Rayleigh things. If, if you haven't seen we, – we got the audio on this? Yeah. Um, this is one of the most bizarre plays I've ever seen. As, as he hits it off, you know, that odd-shaped wall in right field of uh, the, the Giants Park. Was it Oracle Park now? Oracle Park. Um, there's, and they have that line that goes up the walls. Silly stuff. But it just ricochets. And then off the top of the center field wall and out into the open area. And Luke Rayleigh is just moving. And here, here's what it sounded like on Bally Sports Sun. And uh, Dave was like, you know what? Oh, He's like, I keep track of uh, all the guys and uh, their milestones, and he knew that Brandon Lau would maybe hit a home run. So Andy, let's send it to you. <laughs> by the way, this may not have gone into McCovey Cove, but we got an inside-the-park home run by Luke Rayleigh, and it's 6-0 Rays. The, the carom that that took off the brick carried all the way back towards left center field, and Rayleigh just never stopped running. I think he just upstaged Trisha there. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely be getting back to Trisha here, but you got to see Luke Rayleigh drive this one out to right field. You see the angle? We've been talking about the walls and the angles that they create and how tough it can be on outfielders. There you see it bounce basically off the brick wall in right center field and take a hop towards center. 
that was bizarre. And obviously, Trisha Whitaker was doing a, a piece on McCovey Cove, which was really good, by the way, um, where she went out there in the kayaks and did the whole thing. Uh, but while she's explaining that, bad timing, uh, one of the freakiest plays I've ever seen happens, and Luke Rayleigh gets an inside-the-park home run. That's crazy. We can call it an inside-park, which, by the way, it's the first-ever pinch-hit-inside-the-park home run in the history of the race in 25 years, That's bizarre. by the way. But yeah. that, I'm calling that just a regular home run. I know yeah. that, that thing was a home run in 30 of 30 ballparks yeah. I saw, yeah. and it goes to the one spot. I think it's like 421 out there in yeah. right center, yeah. which has got to be one of the longer dimensions, I think, of any park in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And how that thing doesn't just bounce off the wall and then into like the it, it literally just weird. it just rode the wall for yeah, a little bit before before coming down. And, and Luke Rayleigh, I mean, listen, we've talked about it all year. One of the most surprising things to come out of this season is how athletic yeah. Luke Rayleigh is. That dude is built like a tight end yeah. and runs like a guy who's probably like fifty or sixty like pounds Gronk, lighter. Yeah. Young Gronk. Right, yeah, he's it, it, and he's and he's shown some prodigious power this year. Right, and then he ends up in center field the next inning too. Luke Rayleigh's playing center field <laughs> for like the first time in his career. Just a completely wacky day for Luke Rayleigh, but a great one. Yeah, so the Rays get a big win, um, and but they're still trailing the Orioles, who continue to play great baseball. Well, the Orioles, I think they uh, they lost last night to oh, the to the San Diego Padres. Oh, that's right. Uh, Tatis stole home. Tatis last stole home last yeah. night, and it's down to two games. The Orioles dropped two out of three against the uh, the Padres, God. and the Rays took two out of three from the Giants, and that's how the Rays are going to have to claw their way back in this. So now they uh, to have a day off, uh, go to Disneyland, and head to Anaheim to take on the uh, the Shohei Angels. Yeah, which uh, it's so funny. The Angels, we got you almost have to put a microscope on that decision of not to trade Shohei Otani mm. and then to buy at the deadline and yeah. then proceed to be one of the worst teams in baseball well done. after buying. Well done. There needs to be a case study under that one. They will not be seeing the postseason, and hopefully the Rays can can just win a series, take two out of three, and keep it moving here. Yeah. Um, and also of note, by the way, to the to the lineup, Josh Lowe hit his 15th home run yesterday. Bomb. And now the Rays, which this leads Major League Baseball, they have eight players with 15 home runs or more. So Jesus. continuing to get contributions up and down the lineup so far. Yeah. Well, maybe all of this misfortune will somehow – turn into good karma? I don't know. It, it, you look at this lineup right now, uh, you look at the pitching staff, how depleted it is, and I just don't, I don't, I can't see a path to any type of postseason success whatsoever. But, you know, well, it's, you ha- it's all focused. There's a lot I didn't see coming this year. It, exactly. So, I mean, it, again, it's all focused on Houston at the moment. If they're going to stay behind Baltimore, it's all focused on Houston at this point. Yeah. If you can beat if you can get in front of Baltimore, I believe you get what Toronto in the first round. Yes, yes. I want to say it's a huge difference. Man, I will take those. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I'd huge ra- difference. It's a huge difference in how I feel about this team's chances. Yeah, and of course you'll you'll uh, you don't have to go through the wild card round. You get, right, you get the you get the buy, um, and then you just sit back and wait, and you get rested and wait for those guys to come in who've already taxed their pitching staff. Right, it's a huge and, advantage. And let's also keep in mind, and again, I don't know how much he's going to help necessarily because he was struggling last time and he's struggling in the minors. But I have a feeling we're going to see a Todd Bradley back in back on this team in September. Okay, I have a feeling he's going to be back, and you know who knows? Maybe he'll get on one of his streaks here, and you'll have a five man rotation then with him yeah. because Zach Littell, like I said, has continued to just be on the up and up to the point where I think you can make a case that he's the three in that rotation. I think it's a harder decision than you think of who would be the guy for a game three, Savale or Zach Littell. Yeah. I think 
I think it's a harder decision than many may think. And Taj might be a nice piece out of the bullpen. He's got swing and miss stuff. Yeah, there's that, that, guy, uh, that guy David Price, I think, excelled in that. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if he doesn't have to worry about, you know, going multiple innings. Right. And, you know, just come in and throw that junk that he's got, um, you know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe and and the, bullpen, a, the bullpen's got to find a way to stay untaxed. And uh, did you notice yesterday? I said yesterday it looks like Kevin Kelly's at a rookie wall. Yeah. And then he gets put on the injured list yesterday, With which ankle injury. Which I'm I'm just gonna call it. It's a phantom IL. Yeah. It's a phantom IL, yeah. so they could get him to regroup oh, a little bit. I rolled my ankle, oh, broke my arm. Oh. Um, let's get to some of the comments here. Um, do, 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 uh, I have to take issue with this comment real quick. Or you go to that one. I'll okay. get to the other one. This whole situation has turned my stomach. Says R.J. Martin. Every time I hear more about it, I get more depressed. This whole situation. That's awful. It's freaking awful. All right, which one do you want? Somebody comments. I cannot believe this comment. Uh, this is from Nick. I have to say I have faith in a guy we just called up, Oslavis Basabi. Based on what I've seen, I think he's a better prospect than Wander was, and I think he can be better. Is that our Nick? Is that intern Nick? That might be intern Nick, and intern he's about Nick. to get banned from the comment section forever <laughs> because that is an awful comment. You leave us and you find some really good weed? <laughs> and then you comment like what you I doing? mean he is back in he is back in a college dorm. Oh, yeah, so think of what's available to him that right now. That might be mushroom related. Yeah. That might be yeah. that's how bad that comment was. That's a bad comment. He he is not a <laughs> he's not a better prospect than than Wander Franco. Please. Uh Luke W says uh Rays are going to be in flux this winter Wander issue rotation questions how does lineup evolve minus Wander uh like uh, be Walls not Wander Caminero Williams still need time. Yeah, I mean, this again, this is a complete reset of the franchise. I, I can't stress that enough. Everything, every decision that has been made over the past three or four years has been made uh, believing that Wander Franco is going to be the centerpiece of your franchise moving forward for the next 10 to 15 years. It's hard to pivot from that like, yeah. very quickly. And that one's hard. Like, again, I can't put that on the Rays. Nobody, you, no. you can't, obviously, you can't forecast that thing. He was worth the contract they gave him. If you look at some of the other deals that have been handed out to similar players, he could have gotten probably two times more mm -hmm. of what he got from the Rays. It was a great decision to give him that contract. Uh, my, if this ends up all unraveling, um, my fear is that the Rays will be very hesitant to give out contracts like this again because it seems like every time they take a risk on something, it blows up in, it their, blows face. Up in their face. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you can put on the Rays a little bit, and again, it's, it's a, it's a double-sided coin here, is because it's helped them win games. The pitching injuries, a lot of the reason why they have so many pitching injuries is because the guys they acquire have had these pitching injuries in the past. True. And it's like a smoking gun. It's like you're playing with fire, and eventually it's going to happen again. And they tend to, you know, zero one on a player's best pitch, which is usually a breaking pitch. Right. And they have them throw it over and over and over and, again. And they win a not, lot of games that way. for your arm. Yeah, but long term. But you're going to have to deal with the out. fact that you have injuries, and in this case, you have a string of them happening at the same time. Um. Very, very true. And I, look, I, I don't know if this, how this, if this, this franchise can't pivot this easily with all of this. But I will say this: um, they've got some shortstops in the pipeline. They do that are really, really good. And in Carson Williams, again, yeah. pay attention. He, he, they bypassed him through Double A right. to Triple A, and I don't think that's by any. I think that I don't think that's not a coincidence. That's yeah. that's pretty aligned with the water situation, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and. Um, it's it's it is a sad sad situation, but um, they're going to have to move on, and we are going to have to move on. Um, all right, let's talk some bucks here. Um, the bad news yesterday: we had this at the end of the show. Russell Gage 
going down, non-contact injury. Um, you know, this is just, it's a sad epitaph for a guy that just never gave the Bucks what they were hoping for. Um, feel sorry for him. This is, you know, he's at the point of his career where this can really derail him. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to play football again in terms of the timing. If he wants to work, you know, come back from this, and looks like it's going to be an ACL injury. They're going to have surgery uh, at this week. You know, he could come back next year. Uh, obviously, he's not under contract to to the Buccaneers. I don't think, or I don't think there's any um, guaranteed money. For yeah, because he was a three-year deal yeah. originally. Yeah. So, um, you know, they'll be able to cut ties with him and not have any dead money. Um, I feel bad for the young man. I really do. He he, he has been dealt an awful hand since he Ooh, got here. Man. From the what, the hamstring injury to start camp last yeah, year that yeah. he couldn't get up to speed. And then when he came back, he wasn't as effective because of the hamstring. And then remember in the Dallas game, how it all ended for him was the concussion yeah. on the field. Yeah. And then the whole offseason recovery of getting back from that and coming into camp. And then remember during minicamp and all that, he, he wasn't out there. He wasn't out there. Because he had a leg injury. He needs to go get some new scenery. You know, I don't it, mean it, that in a mean way, but no, it just, just for his cursed here. Yeah, some just yeah. happens. Go back it, to it, go back to Atlanta and, and try right. try it there. But this is, you know, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, it's, but it's football. It's it it's a you know it's an attrition sport. And the fortunate part is the Bucks, I think, have a lot better depth at the receiver position than many may think because yeah. a lot of these young guys are showing a lot of promise. And I mentioned this yesterday, and other people were saying it. You know, free agent acquisitions. You know, do you want to bring somebody in? Number one, the Bucks don't have. They have like five hundred thousand in cap space, yeah, they so they they would have to start doing that. But my, I guess my rebuttal to that, and this is why I brought up Jarvis Landry's name, yeah, because what Russell Gage was going to do is he was going to be your slot receiver. Yeah, Godwin was going to go back to the outside. Trey Palmer looks like an outside guy, kind of missing a slot guy in the offense. Do you want to get Jarvis Landry? He played with Baker Mayfield, was Very a favorite well. of Baker. Yeah. But I started thinking about it last night, and I'm like, you know, that's a thing this team would have done when we were in the window. Yeah, with Brady. And I don't. we're not in the window anymore. And so restructuring contracts all for one season where you're really not a contender in the grand scheme of things, bringing in a Such veteran a in Jarvis fit. Landry, it's a good fit. Such a good fit. But maybe it's best because you have to move on to the future. And I really, really want to see Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. And if you bring in a Jarvis Landry, well, guess what? Those guys become Those targets four just, and fives and they go away. Yeah. So I'm I'm almost leaning. Let's see what we have right now because I think Landry's going to be out there for a long time anyway. And listen, Godwin played tremendously well in the slot. He did. So you could you could put Trey Palmer outside, put Godwin in the slot. But I thought they wanted to take Godwin out of the slot to, to not get him beat up as much. I know that, but if you know Trey Palmer, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's a slot guy. He's definitely an outside guy. He is. Yeah, you want to you want to, and I don't see you know now Devin Tompkins could play in there, but. He's not going to give you a lot in the run game. No, he's running. a gadget piece. You know, and, and Godwin is one of the best blocking receivers in the league. But do you want to continue to ask him to do that with the physicality that he plays I with? I don't. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, if you want to go get Jarvis Landry, I don't hate it. Don't Now, don't tie up a bunch of money. Don't go redo Evans' contract and – and give Landry $10 million or some crazy thing. He, if he's gonna he would come have to take the vet minimum. Yeah, it's a vet minimum, uh, maybe a little bit more in incentives. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of takers for him right now, but there'll be some more injuries. Um, right, and a guy like that probably wants to go to a, a true contender. Yeah, true. He wants to go to a true contender, but he would also like to go somewhere where he's familiar with the quarterback and the quarterback trusts him. Listen, I, I don't think there's any way you can make an argument that a healthy Jarvis Landry, and I'm assuming he's healthy, um, doesn't make this a better football team. 
with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it, it does. They, I just they have they have connection, they have chemistry. It would be one of the few places on this team where they have some predetermined chemistry and cohesion. Everything else is new. You know, mm-hmm. Baker, Baker to Evans is new. It looks good though. Looks really good. Baker to get this is all new. Um, the nuances of the game are, are the slot receivers and knowing which way they're going to go, how fast they are. That's already been done. They've already they've got that experience together. I don't think you can make an argument that we're not a better team without Jar- with, with, with Jarvis Landry. We are. Yeah, we are. He's experienced. But your point of developing players, and yes, this season is about developing players. I agree with you 100%. It's not about the window. So, it, but this is where the conflicting is because Todd of Todd Bowles. Bowles. Right. right. Here we go. We come back to this <laughs> It always question. comes yes, back to yeah. the Todd Bowles issue is this guy has got to win games to save his, his head coaching career. Right. End of story. So would Todd Bowles love to have a Jarvis Landry? I'm sure he would. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Absolutely. So we'll see what they do. But, but then um, again, I watched yesterday, and I know it's just a joint practice, but these things mean a lot. I mean, I saw the clip. I'm sure you saw it. Trey Palmer is out here just running right by Sauce Gardner for 60-yard completions down the field and had a day yesterday against a really good Jets defense. Like, I'm very – I'm just so excited to see that guy. And I don't want any development to be be stopped. Trey Palmer may be better than Jarvis Landry. He might because I I know everybody's saying, oh, he's a six-round pick. I don't think this guy is a normal six-round pick. That that has no bearing. That has no bearing on anything where he was drafted. Look at his talent. Tell me where he fits. Yeah. And to me, he's a starting outside receiver in the NFL. I've seen them, and yesterday he got he got clocked at 24 miles an hour, bro. He can fly. That's faster than the fastest of last year. Tyreek Hill was at what 23.8, and he's also what like 210 something like that. Yeah, he two, ain't, he's, he's, he's not 170. They say he's 190, 191. Uh, he looks bigger than that. Yeah, he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Is that what you just, you're, you're telling me? And that's competition fast. That's GPS tracker. Fat is not running a 40. This is football speed. Bruh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. You got to get that guy involved, man. And, and everything we saw in week one, he's got a nice feel for the game. That touchdown catch, I mean, I'm here to tell you, for him to, to, to track that ball and to be able to get his feet in, that was, that was next-level experienced receiver. That was tremendous. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I do not want to stop it, his growth. It's almost to the point where everybody that I hear talks about that touchdown, they're not even talking about the throw that Baker made. And remember, we what was it? What was it? We had JC on yesterday. JC and I will disagree on that one. But it was the same thing. I was listening to, to Colin Coward too, and take I guess his opinion with a grain of salt because he's the ultimate Baker hater. Right. But he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, it looks like a great play by the receiver to me. But you know, if you know, just from a quarterback standpoint. If you see a corner, and I have to go back and look at the play, but you see him, you know, in a certain situation in body position where you know you can loft it over him, that's a great throw. He didn't try to throw it through the guy. He threw it over the top, anticipating yeah, it was where a great the receiver touch was going. It's a fantastic touch throw. Yeah. And to say that a better cornerback would, well, a better corner would have been in a different position, and right. Baker may not have thrown the Well, you know what? Or thrown it in a, a different A better corner generator. wasn't out there. That's right. You took, that's all that matters. You take what was given that's to you. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, my God, what are we talking about here? I mean, that was a tremendous throw on a third and six situation, by the way. Yeah. In, you know, in, in the red zone. That's a that's a four-point play right there. You know, touchdown. And that's, yeah. Those are huge and, 
plays in a game. Yeah, and if you're if you're hung up too on okay, well, all these guys are inexperienced and haven't played much. I guess my rebuttal to that is, I I think David Moore, the fact that he's played in this offense for a long time, I mean, I saw, I mean, he was there for a lot of the Seattle run, kind of right at the tail end of it when Russell mm-hmm. Wilson was there. I think he's a, he's a sneaky good little deep threat. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he's a veteran. He'll do all the right things. I'm not saying he kind of reminds me of a guy that could be like a Brashad Perriman role for this team, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's good enough as like a veteran death receiver. So that's why I'm kind of leaning against the uh, the Jarvis Landry at the moment, although I understand it would make the team better. Uh, James uh, doesn't agree with us. He says, if you are serious about making the most of the season, Landry will be a great addition. Why not? Bucks dealt with the salary cap, took their medicine and through contracts need to be restructured do it the depth you're referring to is all undrafted free agents and six round picks you need a solid third round third receiver other guys can still contribute you know you, you look at the depth of it i mean if if trey palmer were to go down or, or evans were to go down or one more player then you'd be like oh we should have signed landry but i don't know if that's how you can manage your team in that way you want right. to give guys opportunities and if landry comes in and he stays healthy and everybody else stays healthy trey palmer and Devin Tompkins aren't seeing any targets there's just there's not enough footballs to go around because this team ain't throwing it 40 times a game. I got no. news. There, there's going to be 27 to you know 24 to 31 passes a game. Okay, that's a limited amount of targets for Evans, Godwin, Landry, and there's just not a lot going yeah, around. Yeah, and, and, and you're and figuring you, you and, got four or five growing the backs. Yeah, and you're figuring at least what 17 to 20 of those are going to go to the top two guys. Yeah, yeah. and then you got to worry about you know the tight end position, which we all have our are question marks on some of those guys, mm-hmm. but you got to get the tight ends involved too. They want to do that. Uh, and then also Rashad White coming out of the backfield is going to get a heavy dose, I think, of some of those targets as well. Yeah, this is a classic uh, decision on future versus now. Where are, where, where are we at? Um, it's Yeah, it's if, a the Bucks, if the Bucks were still in that championship window, I would be coming on here today and I'd be telling you, you know what, figure out a way to get Jarvis Landry in the building. Mm-hmm. But they're not. That's the thing. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take our first break here and uh, come back to talk a little bit more Buccaneers. We'll hear from Todd Bowles as well. A lot more. Uh, I want to talk about the, the fights. Uh, the offensive line played really well yesterday, so I definitely want to give them their due. We're brought to you by the Chiefs Law Group. Scott Chiefs will be in here today for the Gator Report at 1130. So we'll chat with him. If you have any law questions, if, you have any, if you're in a predicament or something, just pop them in the comments section. We'll hit him with that uh, when he comes in at 1130. Uh, the Jeeves Law Group, personal attention, that's what you deserve. Go to Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com for more information. Back in three. Here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-Jeeves. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The 
G's Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-G's. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com during COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the florida medicaid rolls but as of april 1st 2023 most of these people may not be eligible for the medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over Uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Do you have any old coins sitting around the house? Well, the Golden Diamond Source will purchase a variety of different types of coins and bullion. 
The gold buying program includes sterling silver, silver, platinum, and watches. They also accept unusual pieces that other jewelry stores do not, such as gold bars and sterling silver flatware. The list of items they do accept is far more extensive than those they don't, so check it out. While you're there, you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country, especially with summer coming to an end. The holidays are right around the corner, never too early to start your holiday shopping, especially if you're planning on getting engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up. Come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts. And the best part, they treat you like family. And if you're worrying about price, don't. The Gold and Diamond Source has something for everyone's budget. They even have a layaway. You stop in and get your favorite piece now, you can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, you can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years, and you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julian Steve Weintraub, The Gold and Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldenddiamondsource.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, we're back. Brought to you by the Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo and his team over there doing a great job. As my primary care physician, got all my blood work done. Spent an hour going over that with me, and I got all these nice things. Got to get my omega-3s up. My D's good. My triglycerides are, are not good. We went through all of that stuff, so we're going to attack each and every one, do blood work in another three to four months, come back, see where we're at, and um, helps your immune system. It helps your uh, just your overall health, and, and it's preventative medicine. It keeps you from getting sick and having a heart attack because you know what you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. and you fix it. And so go to BAMMC.com and get that preventative medicine to make you feel better and avoid those calamities down the road. I just ran into a report right here. I don't, why can't we have nice things? Because we're just such an effed up country right now. But uh, what, Taylor, Taylor Swift has turned down the Super Bowl halftime show. Why can't we have nice things? Taylor Swift has turned down the Super Bowl show. And I only say it because I saw a report earlier this week that Lizzo was being discussed. I, I think she's been cut. I think Lizzo has been Is cut. Is that what it was? That Lizzo was cut, yeah. For but something they, that happened yeah. at, a, at a concert, I'm assuming. But I'm just, but just in, in my head though, I'm just like, how do we go Taylor from Taylor Swift, Lizzo? Oh, no, no, no. Right, but in my head though, when I when I found out that they were even entertaining Lizzo, I'm yeah. like, how are we gonna go from Rihanna to Lizzo? How can we do that? The yeah. Super Bowl halftime show would be not dead as far large, as I'm concerned. Not without a large forklift, that's what I can tell you that. Jeez, um, that's not what I meant no, whatsoever. Oh, no, sorry. This um, not a fan she, of the music. She celebrates her bigness, so I'm just you know. Talking about logistics. Um, so Taylor turned it down, huh? Yeah, according to the, the latest reports here, she turned it down. Is there a reason why she turned it down? I'm sure we'll have one. Yeah. You know, I, I forgot to tell you that. I, some, something to do with someone she's dating? <laughs> I have no idea. I meant, to, I, only, I meant to bring that up, though. Remember when I used to make fun of all of you for all going crazy, yeah. my wife included, for yeah. the, the Taylor Swift concerts? Yeah, I'm a Swifty. And I found I'm myself actually enjoying her music this summer. See? I've listened to more Taylor Swift this summer than See? I did for, like, yeah. the previous 15 years. I mean, I like the early stuff. You know, I, I have a bond with my daughter over the early stuff. You know, that was... So that's kind of why I'm I'm a Swifty with my daughter. That's that's uh, by the way, huge congratulations to my daughter Shay, who got her dream internship. You know she's going to Belmont University right. in Nashville. They ha- they have a satellite campus in Los Angeles, and great setup there. 
and they go out there and they get internships at some of these big companies. And there's a particular company that sh- that does like did did the soundtrack for all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies with the best soundtracks Ooh. ever, right? Yes. So this is what she's in. She's in in this. Her track is film supervision, so film and television supervision, picking music for for uh, video and, and film, and they did those soundtracks. So she was like, that's the company I want to work for. And she went out and emailed them and was dogged about it, kept after them, and landed an internship at that. And she's going to blow everybody away. So she's going out to Los Angeles? She's out there right now, and she's going to be working with these folks every day for the next semester. And, of course, they'll fall in love with her because everybody does because she's the best. And um, and that's going to really give her a ticket to the rest of her career. You, you, so both of your, excited about her. That's all. Both of your kids going to the yeah. big cities to. And my son's in Chicago, right? kicking ass in his uh, in his uh, with his computer company. He does coding. He does sales. He does everything in that realm, and he is uh, he's gone up there and, and really taken Chicago by storm. So he's kicking ass. So yeah, when your kids are doing well and they're you know and they're living out their dreams, man, there's nothing better than that. It's the most important. Well, for me, it's the most important thing in life. So. Yes, I'm very, very, very excited about uh, her future and, and what my son is doing. And he's, he'll be running his own company one day, entrepreneur that he is. And, uh, yeah, who needs, who needs a retirement account when I get those two? <laughs> you guys are my retirement. Don't expect me to leave you anything because, you know, I'm going to use it all. Yeah, you might as well. You, you, got, you got more dinners at Capitol Grill and yeah. – and- and Burns and Ocean Prime to, to get taken up so far. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, thank you for <laughs> – did I mention that? Did you – I don't know who did, but it was I, we got it off on Taylor Swift. Uh, that, but she's – you know, that was our Bond music, and now her, that's her passion. And it's great when you see your kids follow their passion. My son is, is passionate about computers and, and business and everything, and he is going to – you know, he's going to – he's crushing it already at a young age. So very excited about that. All right, let's get back to the Bucks. speaking about crushing it. So th- this is the thing, you know, I've been, we've been talking about this for all training campus. Like, wait till we get to the Jets. Wait till we get to the Jets. This is where we're going to see what kind of football team this is. And last year, I remember when the Dolphins came here, there was a lot of question marks about the Dolphins, right? Tua, you know, how good are the Dolphins going to be? And I was watching, you know, him work with, with Jalen Waddle and, and, and Tyreek Hill and Gasecki and, and just literally slicing and dicing up a very good Bucks defense. And I was like, "Holy crap! The Dolphins are going to be good, you because that's one v one, and this you, you know it's better than the preseason games, and you get stuff." Now the Bucks yesterday, by all accounts, I wasn't there; I didn't see my eyes. But by the Pewter Report guys, I listened to their podcast this morning. That's a must listen to, by the way. Matt Matera and uh, Sylvie, they, uh, what's, I'm not saying, Adam Sylvan. Yeah, we're up there. Great podcast. Go check that out. They have great eyes on yesterday. Um, and they, you know, they said that the Bucks defensive line took it to them, took it to them. And Aaron Rodgers was under duress the entire time. It was the big story last night on SVP. Yeah, yeah. SVP led yeah. with it. It said Aaron Rodgers was sacked like ten times yeah. on twenty-four dropbacks. Yeah. How about that? Ten on twenty-four dropbacks. This Bucks pass rush. And look, I know the Jets have problems with their offensive line, but this is the, you know, we've been talking about this pass rush, how good it could be, and that's without Kalaja Kansi. Right. Without Kalaja Kansi. And, you know, this is, you know, with the young quarterbacks that they're going to play this year, especially in the back half of the season, you know, they're going to be getting after some ass. And, and, and that brings turnovers. Turnovers bring wins. So I'm at, this is what makes me excited about this team. I, they're not a bottom-of-the-barrel, 
you know, first pick in the draft football team. And I think this yesterday showed that because you got to win up front. And not only did they win up front offensively, but maybe, I mean, defensively, but maybe more important, the run game, according to these reports, was really good with Rashad White against a, a front seven of the Jets that may be one of the top three in the league. Right. If not, maybe the best. And they're making holes, and Luke Gedeke's pancaking guys, and Cody Mauk is, is pancaking guys. That's, that's special. Yeah. That gets me really, really excited because as we've talked, the right side of the line, offensive line in general, to me, biggest question mark. And I don't think that's anything brilliant to say. But that's where that's where we're focused. And for them to go in there against that front seven and get a piece of that ass, okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm very okay. excited to uh again, like I said, I think going into the Steelers game, this is a preseason that I've been I'm more excited for than I think in the last yeah. at least ten years yeah. with this team. And, you know, assuming that the Bucks, with just having the one joint practice, I have to think that's going to change their mind of how they feel about approaching this preseason game. Yeah. I think you'll see more starters. We already know Luke Gedeke and Cody Malk are going to play a ton. Todd Bowles has already said that. I'm hoping the Jets do the same for at least a couple series so I can see those guys mm-hmm. against these starters. Because we didn't really get to see that against Pittsburgh. They had a lot of their backups in. And right. Now, Gedeke yeah. got worked a few times by, too many backups. by the, uh, the Nick Herbigs of the world. Yep. We saw that. But... Listen, like I said, you go back and watch the film breakdown that Josh Capo did, mm-hmm. you know, Luke Gedeke, and, and my eyes told me this too. It was the second half that I was really focused on. He had a really good first half in that game before he kind of tapered off. Yeah. Uh, and Cody Malk actually was, I thought, worse than Luke Gedeke in that game, if we're being honest. So I do want to see those guys against against some of these Jets starters to see where they kind of stand. Yeah, and, and that's what we pointed out. That I don't think either one of them played particularly well, to be honest. I, I want to see more movement especially in short yardage in the first half. You get those third and one, fourth and ones. you got to move people, and they didn't right. do that. They got knocked back. That, 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 that was – Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to see the Bucks were working on their – That's your first there. game. I'm glad to see that the Bucks were working on their fourth and short game yesterday in practice. Yes. I'm glad to see that. Yeah, because they need to. Yeah, but you know, I say that <laughs> – I don't really mean this because I saw this yesterday. JC put this out there. This was from a Jets report. The Bucks had a fourth and three on a two-minute drill <laughs> and punted. They punted on a fourth and three two-minute drill. And I couldn't think of anything more appropriate for a Todd Bowles-led team. What are we doing? If we do that in the regular season, we're going to be ripping hair out all, all year long well, we saw for 17 games. Year. And we did. Please. Some of the worst fourth down decisions. Went for it when he shouldn't have. Kicked when he sh- when shouldn't have. You know, that that's one of the my biggest problems with this team is – the way Todd Bowles manages football, I, I almost I don't want Tom Brady to throw an interception. Oh, then there nothing will ever top that one. I was scared that Tom Brady was going to throw an interception late in the game, which he had not done in like what twelve years. Yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. Yeah, he just. I think I think oh, I, it's crazy because again, he's this is his first year as an OC. I'd almost rather just have Dave Canales handle everything when it comes to decision making on offense, going for worse. it. Just have Dave Canales handle be it. Worse. Well, because I know he's probably going to be aggressive. Right. And I like aggressive. You listen, if you not aggressive to the extent of a Brandon Staley, where it yeah. gets him in trouble. Right. But like, I do That's like kind of living on the edge a little yeah. bit. No, you have to in this league. It's an offensive league. You know, the, the rules are set up that to score points. If you if, if you def, rely on your defense to win games in the fourth quarter, you're going to lose a lot of games in the fourth quarter. Your best defense in the fourth quarter is a good offense. You got to keep the ball. Possession is nine tenths of the win. You got to keep the football. 
and you have to do it, and you have to take risks to do that. Uh, and that's why you got to be good in short yardage. That's why you got to be able to run and pass in short yardage to 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 be able to get those. That's where these games are won. Third and short, fourth and short, third downs. That's that's where the games are won. You've got to be great at that segment or in in the red zone, or you're not winning squat. Um, and this team, and you got to be confident that when you have a fourth and three at their 45 yard line, that you're going to get it. You know, and uh, once you cross the 50. In my mind, if it's not more than fourth and six, you're going for it. You should be going for it. Well, then the Bucks because it's, it's essentially it's the same as a turnover in the preseason game. I'm trying to jog my memory here because we're going back to Friday now. But I believe on the first drive of the game, they went for it. Yeah. They no, they attempted to go they for attempted, it. That's right, they attempted until there was a false start on Cody Malk. But remember, it was like fourth and one, fourth and two, and they were like they were not actually close to midfield. They were almost no. like on their like like thirty something. Yeah. Yeah, and they tried to aggressive. go for it, that and that was, was pretty aggressive. That was very aggressive. Like, I wouldn't have gone, you know, when you're throwing 30 early in the game, like it was, but I know you're not playing situations like that in preseason. I get it. Right, it didn't you really want, matter. You want to more put yourself in situations like, okay, we're, in, you know, fourth and one, we need this one. Can we go get it? Can our offensive? Because clearly, that, that the, the message they were sending from that first drive with three runs up the middle was we're going to be a physical football team and we're going to knock you off the ball, which, you know, look, they gained nine yards in three plays. They had fourth and one. I'd say that that's a success for the most part in our running game. Are you kidding that's, me? That's three yards a clip. I know. That's, but that's bottom of the NFL. The way we run the football, you know, three times in a row up the middle, I'll take it. So they, they put themselves in a fourth and one situation, a fourth and short. You know, go get it. Not you know, in a real game. Well, remember in they the first quarter they at a, your own thirty, you know, twenty nine yard line. But that's then, the, stupid. but then the next drive they had an opportunity and they went for it on fourth and one. Yeah. And they got stopped. They got stopped. They bad. they went nowhere. Yeah. No penetration. They, on third up front. and one and fourth and uh, one. Yes. They ran behind Gedeke and Malk. That was my point of the first half. Yeah, and that was. What do you want to say? They good, they played well. They got their ass and that was on a, both those. And players. that was a moment where, and again, he'll learn from this. It's one preseason game, but I would have loved to have seen Dave kind of open things up there a little bit. Absolutely. And that was, to me, prime for one of those little bootleg special plays. Exactly. And I think in in the in a regular game, they would have done that. Probably. I think they were trying to prove a point and see if those two guys could get pushed. That's what you do in the preseason. Yeah. You say, you say okay, let's see what you two guys got. And they and I, I talked to Cody about that. We did that interview. We played. I think we played on the show. It's on my Instagram anyway. And he said, and he was like, he was, he was upfront about it, man. He, he didn't get pissed at my question. I said, you guys, you know, you had that opportunity. They went right behind you on third and fourth and one. You didn't get it right. done. Uh, is, that, is that a learning moment? He says, oh, yeah, it's a learning moment. My technique was bad. He goes, I got to get, uh, get off lower. Yeah, because listen, it's, it's his second yeah, game in the NFL right, doing it. Right, first game. First game in the NFL. Yeah, I guess first from starting from that position, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, first game. Yeah. I mean, I, I – which doesn't mean we're saying he sucks or he's a bust. I just said he didn't get the job done. Now let's see what he does the next time. And this next time was against the Jets yesterday, and he's pancaking people. Yeah, That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. learning. That's moving forward. That's what we want to see. We can criticize. That's what we're here for. We're pointing it out. That wasn't good enough. Can't, let's be better. And that's where they were. It's like Robert Sala challenged his offensive line to be better, and they still got their ass kicked. <laughs> So let's see what – this is why Saturday night's going to be spicy. Saturday night's going to have <laughs> some spice. Think how it was yesterday. I mean, right? we had, what, four or five six, fights? Six fights yesterday. Six fights. We have Levante David going all crazy people. of all the most, like, 
just straight, steady Eddie human there probably is on that football team. Somebody must have, uh, must have tugged the old cajones or something. Something dirty happened in that pile for him to go that crazy. That, that was that was bonkers. That's bonkers crazy. For him to be, like, squaring off with dudes, Levante David? Like I said, I, I Come cannot, on, old man. What are we I, doing here? I cannot wait for the hard knocks on Tuesday. I know. Oh I, I really cannot I hope wait. they start leaking out some stuff. They, uh, the, the Bucks website I was just looking at in the break, they have uh, Devin Mike, White mic'd up. He's like, can't be wearing them sleeves. I got to show these guns. <laughs> Such a Devin White thing. <laughs> Such a Devin White thing. He goes, got to shine the guns up. He's like pulling it up. He's like, get these sleeves off me, man. Look at these guns. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Devin. Oh, man, yeah, that, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Buck's website does such a great job with all their inside scoops. So hopefully they've got some – I know they got footage of those skirmishes. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I want to see some of that. I want to see – because you know Devin White was right in the middle of it, and he's mic'd up. Come on. Right. Let's, let's, I want to see some of that. Come on. Come on, Casey Phillips. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Um, all right, we're going to play the Todd Bowles. Let's play the Todd Bowles. And then uh, we have Peter Blake in the house, by the way. When Peter Blake's going to join us here in a little bit. He looks happy. Todd's happy. Come on, Rick. Yeah, he's all right. I'll wait on you. Yeah, I'll wait on you. I want you all to hear everything I got to say. We might have to get you a helmet. I have to get you. We'll look at the tape to see how they did. I thought they competed. You know, we got a lot of different looks, which is what team practices are all about that we won't see during regular practices. I thought we got a lot to learn from and a lot to teach from, and I think they competed. You know, you don't like the scuffling or anything like that. Obviously, it's the young guys. That's not what it's about. But for the most part, we got some work done. Uh, we hear it's going to be pretty serious, and I'll wait to hear the final results. But he's been battling back for the last, obviously, since he's been here, it seems like. Uh, we wish him the best. I can tell by the way he was sitting on the truck that it's probably something that happened pretty bad. And we'll, we'll, our hearts go out to him, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's still developing. Obviously, David Moore is pretty much the only one with experience. Tompkins in his second year, but we got some rookies that we really like that I have to step up in a hurry, and we'll see what the next few weeks look like. That's hard. I don't, I don't really saw the two minute. I was on the other side most of the day, so I'll look at the tape and evaluate it that way. got some looks. I thought we got back there some. You know, we'll look at the tape overall, but I thought we were in the backfield. I didn't see the tape. I was down with the D-line, but I'll look at it. I heard the crowd roaring, so uh, obviously you don't want the ball going over your head, so I'll look at the tape. Anthony Nelson pick six. Thank you, Zach Wilson. He's steady Eddie. He's always in the right place. He, he has very good hands to be an outside backer. Uh, might have the best of the group, and he's going to be where he's supposed to be. Uh, by the way, that throw from Zach Wilson, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> my Not as fine thank as goodness we had some fans in the stands taking video from up there so we could see that thing. Oh, my. It, it, I told you it looked like a high school quarterback that like was just like 
what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Here, you take it. And then he yeah, literally, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's there's somebody over there. Like he threw it at like the boundary. When I mean Anthony Nelson didn't move. Was it kind of like the Brady interception in the playoff game? Oh, this was worse. Worse than that. This was this was like it was hard to watch. <sighs> like I actually cringed watching Zach Wilson make that throw. <laughs> so did Jets fans. And so did Jets fans all across the uh, all across New Jersey. But we continue. If I can get to, if I can get to see my son down at Rutgers, it'll be a great trip. But other than that, I mean, Jersey's home for me. The grass is the grass anywhere I go. Got a lot of good friends that are still in this building that I've seen, so it was great to see them. His command of the offense, him and Trask both have gotten better and better. Everybody forgets it's a new offense and new guys are learning it at the same time, so there's going to be learning curves every week. And as they get to master the offense and more comfortable, you see the true quarterbacks come out of both of them. They got one of the best in the league, so it's good work for them. We'll go back and look at the tape. Again, I wasn't down there seeing everything, so I'll go back and look at the tape, but I'm sure they gave them some good work. That's everything. I mean, I can't sit here and give you one or two factors. It's, it's a process. It's spring, it's summer, and we evaluate, and we'll kind of go from there. It ramps up. I mean, it's kind of, it ramps up, then it continues in special teams, then it kind of gets overheated. You really don't want that in the game. We don't teach it. I know Robert doesn't teach it as well, so try to keep them to a minimum. At the end of the day, everybody's just trying to push people around. One doesn't want to get punched, and one doesn't want to throw a punch. So it's kind of that way, but overall, I thought it was good work. And in these joint practices, everybody gets into the mix, but you know, you don't want it in the game. I don't want to say disappointed. It's always good to work against somebody else because you see all kinds of different looks. But we'll go against ourselves tomorrow because we know what we need to see come the season. So we got some things we need to get accomplished. So we're, we're pleased with that. No, we'll have a good practice tomorrow. They'll see most of the work tomorrow, too. So we got a lot to put in that they can learn from. How much we learned from Todd Bowles on that. But uh, I know he always has to see the tape. But we got, we got a couple. We of, always got to see the tape. Got to see the tape. Got to see the tape. <laughs> so I don't know, know uh, how much we got from that. But I, I think in uh, from the observers, the independent observers, I think that this was very, very beneficial to the to the Buccaneers, and they showed well in a lot. And of I and ways. just wish they would have got another one today. Yeah, I, I still don't understand like what the reasoning is here from the Jets, because the Jets, you know, it's what makes it crazy. The Jets already got two joint practices in last week, right? So they got three, in and the Bucks just get one. Yeah, it's not right. It's it looks it's very amateurish and unprofessional by the Jets to do this at the last minute. Um, and I know a lot of the hierarchy of the Bucks are not pleased with it. It's, and I think the NFL is probably not pleased with it. But this is this is what the Jets are. This is who the Jets are as an organization. They're a bad organization. They have been for a long time. And I know everyone's anointing them already. Um, I, I'm, you know, I don't know. Let's 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 let this play out. 
Aaron Rodgers had his worst uh, quarterback rating of his career, I think, last year. Certainly, yep. it was he was not great last year. And, you know, there's this offensive line is sucks. It sucks. Right. And he's going to be running for his life. Um, good luck with that. They've got, you know, that Dalvin Cook now. So they've got all the ingredients needed. But when your offensive line sucks, like Robert well, Sala said. I was saying, like he said in the, uh, the Hard Knocks, hard knocks uh, the other night, it doesn't matter if, the, if you don't change who you are up front. And the Jets have always been like that. I don't remember the last time the Jets had a great O-line. And what Aaron Rodgers always had in Green Bay was a great offensive line. And then I saw this yesterday. He posted a photo yesterday of him next to Makai Becton on, on Instagram. And everybody missed it, but he tagged it in black so you could barely see it, and it was like on the, his green pants. And it was at David Bakhtiari. Obviously, the Packers stand yeah. out left tackle. It sounded like a little bit of a message, a little hidden message there, whatever that means. But for him to tag David Bakhtiari in a random photo of him and Makai Becton. What does that mean? I don't know. You know how Rodgers is. Does that mean he's the next David Bakhtiari? Uh, I can't see that <laughs> happening. No, I, I, don't, no? I don't see that in Makai Becton's future. No. 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 Uh, but I think, I think he will miss. To, is, he, is he tampering? Trying to get. Uh, uh, I, I just know that he will miss David Bakhtiari. There is oh, no, yeah. debat- there, no debate about that. Yeah, his future, he just saw a glimpse of it yesterday against the Buccaneers pass rush. And he, he had to cover up, too. He said that his concern was, quote-unquote, low when it comes to the offensive line. But, mm-hmm. again, he, he has shown not to have much patience in recent years. Mm-hmm. Although, so far, it seems like he looks like a different person in New York. A little rejuvenized, maybe. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens when we get to the season. Because I still have my doubts that they're making the postseason. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to get into some other notes. Um, U.S. women's national team will have a new manager. Right. And uh, is Daryl Jackson's future at FSU in doubt? Could he be coming back? We don't know. We'll take a break, come back, and hit those stories. We're brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Productions. If you have a big event, small event, charity event, meeting, whatever it is, they can bring a professional touch to it. Uh, No matter what your budget is, get a free creative session with the great folks at Extravaganza Productions. Just go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com. Back in three. sitting around the house well the golden diamond source will purchase a variety of different types of coins and bullion their gold buying program includes sterling silver silver platinum and watches they also accept unusual pieces that other jewelry stores do not such as gold bars and sterling silver flatware the list of items they do accept is far more extensive than those they don't so check it out while you're there you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country especially with summer coming to an end, the holidays are right around the corner. Never too early to start your holiday shopping, especially if you're planning on getting engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up. Come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts. And the best part, they treat you like family. And if you're worrying about price, don't. The Golden Diamond Source has something for everyone's budget. They even have a layaway. You stop in and get your favorite piece now. You can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, 
You can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years, and you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julian Steve Weintraub, the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work she did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve. And treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for Local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced 
or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back. Brought to you by the Golden Diamond Source. They are taking in all precious metals right now and paying cash, cold hard cash. So if you've got an old silver set laying around, some forks and knives, sterling silver, you can get cash money for that. Bring it on over to the Golden Diamond Source. If you've got some old coins laying around, happen to have a couple of bullion bars around who doesn't have that laying around in the house right a couple of silver and gold bars bring them over to the gold and diamond source and they will pay you good good money for it so check it out 3800 almerton road always online at the goldendiamondsource.com great folks over there tell them jp sent you um all right our good friend peter blake is here joining us how are you my friend doing good buddy how are you doing we are well uh, thanks for jumping in here in the studio good to see you i know you've been following the bucks uh, doing some Ray's post game on your uh, po- uh, podcast as well, Absolutely. Sports Web. So, uh, what do you think of the Wander situation? Uh, Hold on. I, I tell you right now, if I get on Facebook and you post these articles and people just come attack you, so I think the one good thing is we actually know there's Rays fans out there, really yes, passionate Rays are, fans. Yes. But you have to play. Let the scenario play out right now. We've been talking the last couple of days. It's not good. It's not a good situation. It hurts this team offensively, defensively, uh, like Nick was talking about for your future. He's one of the top young shortstops in the game, and he could be suspended forever. You may not even see him in a raised uniform ever again. So the whole situation, how it's broken out is, and I get it, it's just allegations. But the more these allegations and the more these reports that continue to come out, mm-hmm. it just gets worse and worse and worse by the day. Yeah, so. Such a sad situation. And uh, – I know you've been covering the Bucks for a long, long time. Oh yeah. Um, where are you at on this season? I'm, I'm, I've been vacillating between. I think it's, you know, they can win eight, nine, ten games, and then I'm like, after the first preseason game, I was a little bit disappointed in what what we saw. Um, now against the Jets, they look like they stood up a little bit more. I'm, I still think this is a, an eight, nine, ten win team, but I don't know. It could it literally could be 
a two-win team as well. Well, you're absolutely right, and it comes down to the offensive line. And what yeah. you saw on Friday night, if that's a thing, if that's a sign of things to come, then it could be a long season. So that's my biggest question mark. I think Baker could actually turn it around here, much like Geno Smith did last year yeah. under Dave Canales. You're going to focus on the run game. I think that defense is definitely going to have something to say about it, especially with Carlton Davis a couple of months ago saying he's going to wreck this and they're going to cause turnovers. That's what you want to see. But I kind of range from eight to ten wins. I'm kind of the eternal optimist. Yeah. I'm like the Bucks since I was eight years old, but I'm also a realist. But, you know, to be real about it, this is the worst division in football. What have the Carolina Panthers done to get better? What have the Atlanta Falcons done to get better? The Saints, yeah, they got Derek Carr, but Bucks swept them last year. They also got an older defense. So Michael Thomas playing on that mm -hmm. uh, team. Alvin Kamara, he's going to be suspended for a little bit. So Bucks, to Bucks. me, it's a winnable division for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But And the schedule doesn't look as bad. At first, got to get off to a great start. So I was listening to Sal Powell the other day. Yeah. And it is easier to go with Baker Mayfield, and then if it doesn't work out, you go with Kyle Trask. But I actually think Baker Mayfield just needs a chance in this offense. Yeah. It, it fits him perfectly. If you're going to emphasize the run game with Rashard White, Sean Tucker, Chase Edmonds, I think that's the perfect recipe for success. And then with that being said, you can't get into a situation where your offensive line is pass blocking 60 times a game. So if you're limiting those opportunities with Baker or Kyle Trask, it makes your offense that much better. Yeah, I, I totally agree, but it's all a wild card. It's the one thing we know in this league is it's a quarterback and coach league. Yeah. And the coach is unproven. If there's anything he's proven is that he's not a winner. As much as I love Todd Bowles, you know, you are what your record says you are. Right? That's it. That's what I, I, Parcells said. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, I, I, you know, I think that his last year was – was a tough one, but when I saw what he did in L.A., I was pleasantly surprised with the Rams. Right. And I think he can thrive in this offense if it gets a little bit of protection. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens, but it's a wild card. It is a wild card. It, it can go either way. It is, and now you have to turn the page from Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not coming through that door. You know, there's still an old comment from the Boston Celtics yeah. and Rick Pitino. Yeah. He's not coming through the door, so it's either Baker, Kyle Trask, and you have to figure it out. And Todd Bowles, absolutely, I think, is under the gun. And, you know, for me, Ken, he's got his offense now. He's got his coaches. He fired all his coaches. It's on him. B.A. is not looking right. behind yeah. him anymore. He's not, yeah. he, he doesn't he's have to not look. out there on the golf court anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest question mark, guys, is the offensive line. That's what it comes down to. We continue to talk about it. Uh, and if you, you know, don't turn over the ball, you play good defense, there may be some close games there. But you still have Mike Evans. You still have Chris Godwin. Mm -hmm. You lose Russell Gage. I'm excited about Trey Palmer. Yeah, I'm excited about Devin Tompkins. All you heard through camp is how Tompkins doesn't drop anything. And Palmer, even though he's a six-round pick, we were talking to Luke Easterling about this. How, how is this guy lasting until the sixth I round? He's no got idea. all kinds of speed, no all idea. kinds of separation. The only questionable thing about him why he dropped so far in that draft is because he couldn't catch the ball consistently. Right. He could do that. He had three plays of 70 yards last year in college football with a Nebraska quarterback. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then Mike Evans came out yesterday and said he had his best day of camp. Uh, that's saying something right there. Mike Evans, you know, consummate professional, most likely going to get an extension here eventually. Uh, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Damn right. 
right, we got some other stories we wanted to get to. Um, and and I know you wrote about Michael Orr the other day. Right. And you may have changed your tune on this whole deal. Have, have you not? And I, I had some very interesting information last night uh, at my, my Capitol Grill dinner because my good friend Scott Fitzgerald knows the Tuies very well. He you know, he's, oh. knows them very well. And uh, we may actually may have uh, Mom on the show here soon to kind of explain what's going on. But as he, as, he, as he said, and I think his father said yesterday, Michael Orr has been trying to shake them down for money for quite some time. Right, and I think the report was $15 million Yeah, is what he asked for before he went public with this the other yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. $15 million, and supposedly the whole family got $14,000 each. Mm-hmm. That's all they made from that movie, though? Well, according to his lawsuit, that's different, but that that's all trackable. That's all that, that will be discovered in the – all I know is this. They, they have $400 million in, that they have made over their careers in, you know, franchise restaurant franchises and a lot of other things mm-hmm. they didn't need michael or to make any of their money right um it's it's not you know he wants to paint it as that some that he was tricked into a conservatorship that was the only way they could get him to old miss um this is a story of a family that tried to do something really really good and is now getting smacked around and you know and it's it smacks of so many terrible things that's going on in this country right now and yes i don't know what do, you, what do you think there, Nick? Have you changed your tune on this this story, as I told you on, on day I'm one? I'm just going to refrain from putting any more judgment on it. <laughs> well, his, his mother signed over, too, the conservatorship. That's what you come to find out. And I want to know, we, we all watch sports movies. When you watch that movie now, do you feel different about that movie? I do. From Michael. Well, See, but here's the, here's I'm the thing. I'm trying not to, but now it's just like. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's Hollywood. So, like. I think the the hardest day I ever had with movies was when I found out that the details and like remember the Titans, it's not actually no. the same. No. Rudy, a fantastic movie, one of my favorites. The details no. aren't exactly the same. Right. So obviously it's Moneyball to me is not the same. They left not. out key details. It's in not that and, movie. The, and the dates don't line up either no. whatsoever. Right. No. So this it's is Hollywood. Nothing, it's Hollywood, it's nothing new, but for the movie, the feel good story nature of it, it's so it, or so we thought, based on such true life. <laughs> the movie for me is tainted. I'm sorry. Award winning film, Sandra Bullock, fantastic, all that crap. Don't give me back my Oscar. Right. Shut it's up. Done. Yeah, right. Cancel Shut culture. Up. Give back your Oscar. Get out of here. That was a great performance. And, and you know what's funny Bullock. though is is that you know, Michael Orr, he He's never liked the movie, and I get it. It doesn't portray it doesn't portray him all that well. Yeah. And, be, and they, but they needed to. They needed to, you know, show him at the low point, and to bring him up, to, you know, to, to have the great crescendo. You know, the that's how Disney makes movies. You start at the bottom, and then it's the great triumph at the end. So, sure. but he didn't like that, and I get that. But you know, handling it this way, eh, I don't know. That's not the Tui's fault. The way they made the movie. I, again, I don't know. I probably rushed to judgment to defend Michael Orr. Michael Orr, um, I'm going to I'm going to backtrack a little bit on that, and I'm just going to simply give you the, the the blanket answer. I'm going to wait for all the facts to come out before I cast any more judgment here. All right, because I don't. Enough. I think everything's just like kind of blurred right now. Of what's true and what's not true. A lot of he said, she said, in my opinion, right now. It's 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 all you know. Uh, Alternative facts and fake news, and and all this. It's like nothing can be believed anymore at all by anybody. That's the worst part about it. Yeah. You just, you don't know. Um, But my gut feeling is, and I I know what happened there. 
Um, here's another very sad story. Daryl Jackson, defensive tackle for Florida State, who transferred from the University of Miami, has a great future ahead of him. The NCAA denied his waiver uh, to play for Florida State this year when he expressly moved to Tallahassee, closer to his mother, who is, uh, is, is ailing and has some real health problems. Right. The NCAA in these particular issues has set precedent after precedent after precedent. And as uh, Pat Burnham from the Osceola told us the other day when he was working at USF, we got waivers for stuff way less than this. And this is a, this is a, a bona fide hardship situation for this young man. And the NCAA is, de- is denying him his eligibility uh, Marco Rubio, who's a graduate of the University of Florida and the University of Miami, uh, the chief FSU rivals, uh, the senator wrote a letter to the NCAA pleading for them to change, and now the CFO of the uh, state of Florida has done the same. Uh, Jackson spoke to the media uh, recently, said it was hurtful because I know what I came home for. I came home for my mom, so for me, I'm just trying to get through it and be here for my mom. Uh, she thinks it's her fault, and it's not, so I'm going to continue to be there for my mom and see how things play out. I mean, Jesus, F, what the hell is the, the NCAA doing here? The, the, the NCAA is the true enemy to, to college God. athletics, which I believe they're supposed to govern over, if I'm not mistaken yes. there. And, and to Pat Burnham's point, we've seen so many other things for less that have been granted waivers in this situation, and that there's no consistency mm-hmm. all across the board with college sports. None. There's zero consistency from the NCAA, and they should be ashamed in the fact, again, that Congress has to get involved now. Yeah, It's like I love seeing bipartisan stuff and all that, but it should never really have to get to that point if you just do the right thing. And the NCAA seems allergic to doing that nowadays. Well, that's the problem. They haven't been doing the right thing for how many years? 20, 25 years. That's the reason why you have the NIL agreements exactly. in the first place. Yeah. I Horrible mean, they're leadership. so archaic, and unless somebody would have took them to task and sued them, you would have never had any NIL agreement because exactly. as long as the university and the chancellors and everybody else is getting that money for the Tim Tebow jersey, it doesn't matter if Tim Tebow or anybody else is receiving their money on their likeness or anything else. So. Is it shocking to me? No, it's not shocking to me. The NCAA is all about money at the end of it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious, too, because uh, just more on the NCAA, not pertaining to this issue, but have you seen, right, that I think it's coming out really, really soon here, is that whole Swamp and Kings documentary on Netflix? Mm-mm. It's about the, the Florida, the Urban Meyer era. Oh, right. Yeah, it's so coming out on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and just given, the 08, 09 teams, given yeah. what I learned in the, the Netflix documentary on Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> Yes. that came out and some yes. of the information that was hidden there. I'm curious if we're going to see anything with the NCAA from that era of things what? they potentially might have known, covered up or whatever, including Urban Meyer. I'm just curious to see what we're well, going to get know, out of that. I know Urban Meyer covered it up. Right. Yeah, the, the shooting, Aaron Hernandez shot three people, and he was ID'd at the scene by many, uh, many the, in fact, the people that were shot. Right. But those people... Uh, conveniently could not ID him when they got when other uh, gangbangers visited the hospital and told them that was not Aaron Hernandez that you saw. Right. But wait a minute, it was the guy with all the tattoos and the head I've known. We've, we've run into him three or four times. No, no, you don't remember it that way, do you? No, I do not. No, I do not. But, but, the, but the cops did. They went to Urban Meyer and said, this is what happened. He knew damn well that Aaron Hernandez shot three people mm-hmm. and played him for three years after it. I mean... Yes, that will come out in this documentary. Once again, I ask you. Jesus. I ask you because of the same things with the Johnny Menzel documentary. Yeah. The same thing with 
the Manti Teo situation. This was all kind of happening around that same era. Yeah, yeah, it was. What yeah. were we doing in, in journalism during this time? Can someone please catch me up here of how we missed ESPN. key facts to most ESPN of these stories? ESPN did, did an expose on that on the Hernandez thing at that particular time. At that time, they did. They did because I was when I was I was talking about it on my radio show. Okay. I read I read the report, the police report. Go read the police report. It, it's very clear in the police report that that was Aaron Hernandez. Well, why did this? Those kids. But, so why is it though that like at least from my standpoint, maybe I was living under a rock, but. I have to think most people found out about this originally when this documentary came out a couple years ago. How does that happen, that it gets swept under the rug? Because everybody was embracing the Florida Gators and Tim Tebow and the greatness. Everybody was Right, Johnny Manziel, it's the same thing with the home run uh, contest with uh, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. You didn't want to find out that they were cheating. Nobody wanted to know that. Now it comes out later. Well, after you collected the money, that's okay. After you get your national championships. Exactly. I'm not trying to be anti-Gator here. I'm more anti-Urban Meyer than I am anti-Gator. It was 20, like 25, 26 arrests during that time. and And, and Almost half the class. And and meanwhile, you had the biggest saint in college sports history with with John 316 on the the, eye black and they hit the behind prayers. him a lot like that i think that may be it right honestly that yeah. was their identity was tim tebow and everything else was just playing background noise yeah and honestly if you want to give him uh, the you know the credit for having those national championships with the florida gators you also have to give him the criticism for the way aaron hernandez Absolutely. turned out Absolutely. because if you have a guy that's supposedly a teacher and he's coming into my house and recruiting this man and he knows what's going on and he's still conditioning that that's his blame, and, and nobody you know, will talk and, about and, that. And again, this is not the institution. This is this is the man that was running it at the time. Right. Because Urban Meyer did the same thing at Ohio State. Yep. Maybe not to that well. You know, there were a lot of questionable things to that. It was the man, not the There's been questionable things that have followed him everywhere. Exactly. Ever since he got into that prominent position at Florida. And I think Florida, you know, when they realized what was going on, you know, they were like, yeah, you need to leave. Yeah. You need to leave. Yeah, because yeah. that was always odd, right, of how his exit was. Yeah, it was very with odd. With all the success. Yeah. Goes from Utah to Florida, and then he and he then he goes away for a couple years because supposedly he has health problems, and then comes back to a big fat contract from Ohio State, mm-hmm. and then goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars and completely ruins that team. Uh, he, he's in the running for the worst head coach. Wor- of all time. He has to be the worst head coach Ever. of all time with some of the things he did. Kicking kickers and well, Doug Peterson just proved it by right. turning Trevor Lawrence into a franchise quarterback <laughs> right. in, in one year. Coach, one year to the playoffs. Coaching matters. That's just in <laughs> coaching matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do the Gator Report. We're going to talk about the Florida Gator. Scott Jeeves going to join us from the Jeeves Law Group, big time Gator. Um, they've got they've got a very interesting season themselves coming up. I'm, I'm I am interested to see how Gator fans are going to handle this. How Billy Napier is going to handle it. Um, He's got a lot of good young players, but it's a murderer's row schedule. So we'll do some Gator talk when we come back. Stay with us. Sitting around the house. Well, the Golden Diamond Source will purchase a variety of different types of coins and bullion. Their gold buying program includes sterling silver, silver, platinum, and watches. They also accept unusual pieces that other jewelry stores do not, such as gold bars and sterling silver flatware. The list of items they do accept is far more extensive than those they don't, so check it out. While you're there, you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country, especially with summer coming to an end. The holidays are right around the corner, never too early to start your holiday shopping, especially if you're planning on getting engaged. 
engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up. Come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts. And the best part, they treat you like family. And if you're worrying about price, don't. The Gold and Diamond Source has something for everyone's budget. They even have a layaway. You stop in and get your favorite piece now. You can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, you can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years. And you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julie and Steve Weintraub, the Gold and Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road. Always online at thegoldanddiamondsource.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done, and guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work she did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money, and that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane, and you need replacement costs, you're gonna get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community, been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling, 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. 
All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by this man, Scott Jeeves of the Jeeves Law Group. Welcome in, Scotty. How are you for our Gator Report? Uh, I'm big doing, Gator, you? I'm doing well. You know, hoping we win the Utah game, obviously. Um, we jump, you, you're telling me stuff that I don't even know, like, about Utah. I, I, I haven't done my handicapping yet. First of all, welcome into the show. Thank you thank so you. much for supporting the show. All of our fans out there, well, thank you very much for supporting the show. Uh, because we, uh, as an independent voice here, we get to uh, be a lot more candid than maybe some of the other outlets out here. So we appreciate you really supporting that that freedom of speech, man. That freedom of speech we talk about here every day. We encourage it. We covet it. And we will defend to the death your right to have free speech on this show. You could say anything you want about the Seminoles. No, no. Anything you want, Scott. I've, I'm actually rooting for them. You guys have that big game against LSU, which yes. is not Gator-oriented. but. You you guys got a tough game. We're we're starting with Utah, and since they're down to their third string guy, you know, at quarterback, we we need to win that game. We need to win our non SEC games, yes, particularly this year. You got a murderer's row schedule, bro. Well, you play a lot of top ten teams, you know, and and that's where we're going. Six in the top fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> including you guys, including the yes. FSU. So yes. you know, that's that's the scary part. Well, it's all cyclical, right? We were just talking about it. You know, Gators had their time, and and the FSU now is coming back. And you know, I don't know if Miami's ever going to return, but come we'll on, see. yeah, we want a ball to return. You yeah, know, we, oh, yeah, we we we'd love it when we were all just the uh, top ten. Yes, three. No, that was 10. fun. That was fun. I mean, losing to Miami and losing to Florida is no fun if you're a Seminole. But you know what else is no fun? When neither of us is ranked and nobody gives a crap about the game. That sucks. I, I was just up at uh, Tallahassee for some depots. It went by Proof Brewing. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. Nice. Awesome. Nice. And I was just like, I was just totally amazed because I hadn't been up in Tallahassee for years. And it's just it's just gotten mammoth. Yeah, it's big. It's get, it's the, And the, the, uh, the college town area right by the stadium – well, I I was there for the Florida game this year. I, okay. I took uh, uh, my girlfriend and her kids. And I, was it that game? I forget. But anyway, it was an, um, no, it went with my son. Uh, to that that game. happens when you get older. You yeah, exactly. Forget a lot. I forget what the hell I was. No, it took my son to the game, and we had a great time. And that was that took me back, man. That game was fantastic. I mean, back and forth. For, Anthony for, Richardson for you. Well, I, but, but, at the end, <laughs> but at the end of the game, I'm holding my breath. Anthony Richardson's got the ball in his hand, and they go down and score. You win the game, and I'm thinking, if he starts running, you know, like I don't know if we can tackle that dude. Yeah. He is, he was, he, he's, he's that good. Now the starting quarterback for the Colts. How about that? I, I'm shocked. I thought they were going to hold him back a little bit. Yeah, I did too. And it didn't didn't he's appear. He's too that. talented. He's yeah. too talented. So as a Gator fan, when you see Damian Pierce and Anthony Richardson and all these guys that were drafted, and you look at like the last couple of years. Do you say we should have been better? I think everybody does. I mean, it's it's shocking to see the amount of talent, but you're also in the SEC, right? You know, and <laughs> then there's that. There's that, yeah. and then you're you're playing your Alabama, LSU's, your your Georgias. So I understand some of the losses. I understand, yep. but that that that's the respect of the talent level. I mean, you guys, you you and Clemson now have got a little bit better deal in the ACC, so you're going to stay there, but you're going to attract that talent level. Yeah. And it's that talent level that raises you to the next stage. I mean, since we last, I was last here, you know, the Pac-10 has now imploded. It has imploded. And they're all the gone. Four. Yeah, the Pac-4 four or whatever, whatever they are now. You know, they've got to go somewhere. And, you know, think of the evolution of college ball, you know, because 
Pac-10, 10, 10, 15, 20 years ago was a the big deal. It was a big conference. Yeah. You know, they had ranked teams, and now now you got SEC, ACC, and and Big Ten. Yeah. And then maybe the Big 12 coming up. I don't even. I think the Big 12 has supplanted the ACC now, to be quite honest. But with Florida State coming back. So now you have two teams in the top ten, Clemson and Florida State, which I think one of those teams is going to be in the playoff. One of those teams will get to the playoff. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, but And if it's FSU, I just, you know, what Mike Norvell has been able to do since they lost to Jacksonville State. Like, I mean, this, this, I mean, I lived it. FSU was terrible. And, and what he's been able to do through the transfer portal and bring the level up to ten wins last year, now they – their roster is as talented, maybe you know, other than Georgia and Alabama, as as any in the in the nation. Well, Crazy. That talent level, like Florida's got to have it. I mean, we pulled some of good good recruits off the portal, but they're they're our second string. So we've got some backups now. We've yeah. got supposedly in spring ball, we've had some injuries, but we've had some people step up that could be, you know, defensive ends, some cornerbacks that look really good. They but that's spring ball. They got. Right. Play it in the fall, mm-hmm. and they got to play it consistently. And it's and then the SEC level, even the ACC level, you got to play to an, another level and really kind of push it. And I think that's where the Gators right now, if you look at all their stuff, it's going to be interesting. I think you know it's a key and it's you know very blase, but our quarterback, the guy Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz, we got him out of Wisconsin. He's got to step up and. He, in his latest interview, he came off really well. I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's got – it's like he's like a kid in a candy store. He's got that – you know, I've got – he seems like he has control of the offense and it seems like they have options. I think yeah. we need that, and we've got to be more creative than anybody else. Like you say, we're, we're playing a Georgia. We're playing yeah. some other teams. So we've got to do something more interesting on the field. And it's – and we can't have another last season. Yeah. Like, we can't keep doing that. That's not – that's well, not I, U.S. football. I think I think Florida, with the schedule that they're playing this year and the young people that he's going to play, because I think Billy Napier, is he is committed to the future. He's going to play the, the lot of freshmen and sophomores, and he has to. And those are probably the more talented players anyway. He had a good recruiting class last year, and they're ranked number two this year. So he's doing what, he, what they wanted him to. Dan Mullen didn't want to recruit, as you know, and didn't recruit, right? And and, – and, and he openly said it <laughs> well, a couple of times. I mean, Napier has been committed to it. Exactly. Look at the amount of coaches he brought in to do yeah. the recruiting. Yes. So, okay, but how much more – He, I think he's a great coach, so don't take this as a threat, but there's only so much more patience. So next year or the year after, he better produce some winning results. That's, that's – I'm just saying. The reference of This year, ball. be patient. I, I, I don't, I, I don't I, see I, more than five, probably four wins – but he's but he it, the number that matters is the two, the yeah. two on that recruiting class. He that's how you start to build. I, it took George it took Kirby a few years to get you know he put three of those classes together, and he won back to back national the, championships. The problem with that is Kirby didn't have any four win seasons. No, he didn't. And he didn't. And that's he didn't. that's he a didn't. tough thing in the SEC to have that. Florida is not expected to be a and I'm sorry for Vanderbilt fans, it's not expected <laughs> to be at Vanderbilt level. And that's a problem. We've got to we got to do something like beat Kentucky. If we lose to Kentucky, 
I, I may go to that away game because that's the, you know you can do there. There's other stuff to do in Kentucky besides drink bourbon. Yeah, is what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so <laughs> the we bourbon trail. do the trail. <laughs> you know, at least if we lose, then at least I've done the trail. <laughs> so, so I had something. So you've got to have a win like a Kentucky or something like that, or even heaven forbid we beat FSU. Come on, be, come on. It can get, happen. We need that kind of win this year. Can you imagine if FSU's on their way? If they so FSU's got to beat LSU, if they can beat LSU in the opener. That gives them a little bit of padding. That means they can lose at Clemson. Yeah. Still, now they're going to have to play Clemson again because they'll get rid of the division in the ACC. They may have to play beat them twice. But either way, I think they can get there with one loss. Well, but FSU and then if FSU, and Florida FSU ruins could, that, oh yeah, my FSU God. could lose to LSU and then run the conference yeah. and still be well positioned. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Florida, and then Florida waiting if, there if, at the if, end. If, at we home. Got, if we got a four four win season and we actually beat you, then it's a ten uh, win season. I, <laughs> it's a ten win season. I know. Yeah, the, I, I, I do. Know the I, I do the little touchdown yeah. dance. You know, it's kind of when you guys knocked us out a couple times. Yeah. You're like, what the. It's it's the worst feeling in the world. Well, well, the last the last I think Bobby's last game, we when we dedicated the damn field, and freaking Ron Zook comes in with a five win team or whatever the hell that was, and beats us. We, I'm just like, did that just freaking that was, that's one of those pity your stomach games, like uh, back in the day, well, the wide right. I, I'm hoping for I'm, I'm hoping for a pit in this stomach I know, game. I know. You know, this year that's we, what makes it so we, good. We've got to have those, and, and our players have got to play a level up. Yeah, and they yeah. will, and they will. Yeah. Listen, even last year, Florida State was a prohibited favorite. Look how that game turned out, back and forth, back and forth. It just you never know, and and that's what makes it great. That's why we love it. So I have to ask you this question. You're, obviously, FSU is not going to stay in the ACC. That's not happening. They're going to go to the Big Ten or the SEC. I think with the with the cut of the with Clemson and, and FSU getting a little bit of cash, you guys more cash the deal that they cut the ACC. I think that helps them stay there, and then you're also the star for for at least a few years. Maybe maybe one more year. Maybe yeah. one more year. I bet you three. Okay. I bet you three. Well, they're not staying there forever. I bet you they got at least three more years there with, okay. with the cash All and right. they're the big dogs until – and I think FSU, they're smart, and so Clemson too, they're going to play the, the Big Ten and the SEC off of each other. They're much more a natural fit for the SEC. We, I agree. We've discussed that before. They're a cultural fit for the SEC, but I think that's a f- better financial deal with the Big Ten. The Big Ten needs Florida. Yeah. They, need to, they need the state of Florida, and they, let, they need the Southeast, and they could capture that with two premier programs – that and that, so that incentivizes them. They can make more money. They will get more TV money, and that then they can pay these two teams that and come in. So then, where's Florida State go? Obviously, if they had their choice, I'm weird. I like the Big Ten, and here, but here, but here's the thing: if it if it comes at the expense of playing Florida, I would go SEC. I don't want that rivalry to hey, ever I, go away. I don't think I, that. That's going to happen in a year, regardless. I think yeah, that's, the, the, the rivalry will stay. The even rivalry if they went will to the stay, even if they went to the Big Ten. Okay. The only thing that may happen with that is they may switch that rivalry around. It may be every other year or something, just yeah. because of the grinding schedule of the SEC. I don't grinding. want that to go away, though. But the grinding schedule so, of Big Ten for you guys. That would be a determining factor for me. If we were not going to be able to play Florida moving forward or Miami, I would I would I would choose the SEC. So, but if it but if we could still keep those rivalries and go to the Big Ten, I would choose the Big Ten because I think it makes you a more national brand. Yeah, but think of how big the conference would be if you guys went to the Big Ten 
or even if the SEC expanded, you've got so many internal games that you're going to have to play. Exactly. That it's and maybe they may go to all conference games, just from a money standpoint. So it's it's a weird thing, but to me, the most precious thing about college football are the rivalries, the regional rivalries, Miami and FSU. If we can't play those games, I I just think we should be, like FSU should be playing USF almost every year, FAU. They should be playing all the Florida schools. I'm, I'd rather see them play that than freaking bring in Slippery Rock. Well, but do you want to see us play, a, you know, Florida or Florida State? Do you want to see them playing UCF? Yeah. That, that's now gone off to, you know. Uh, every once in a while, yeah. We'd like to beat that ass. Yeah. Nick Gettis over there would beat that UCF <laughs> and, ass. And the UCF, that's their game of the year. You know, Exactly. They, put, they highlight, hey, we're going to play, you know, the big dogs of the state. Yeah. And I – Recruiting-wise, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, why take a chance if you're Florida, Florida, Florida State. I get that, but I think here's the other thing. When, now that we're in a 12-team playoff, right, 12-team playoff is coming. If, you in a, if you're in a conference, right, and it doesn't matter how many wins you have, just win your division, and everybody's playing a similar schedule, right? So win your division, get in the conference championship game, get to the playoffs. You, it doesn't you – could, you, could, you could see three and four lost teams, Making it through, and which would especially in SEC, that, right? That's exactly. A, that's a reason. If so you can do outside. You can do these non-conference games instead of saying, "Oh, we might lose one," and it would get us kick us out. No, you'd still have a chance to win your division because those games wouldn't count in division, and it would encourage better scheduling. So, so I you, think you know, UF is never going to leave the SEC. There's no. there's no reason for us ever to. But, Maybe Vanderbilt should though. Uh, <laughs> I think they like that check they get oh, sure for they football do. that that supports yeah, all their. What are they bringing to the table? Is what I'm asking you. Uh, baseball, basketball. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're bringing other stuff. But you've got these great things, and we we really got to look forward to you know the building brand. And remember, we SEC Florida's going to eventually be playing Texas, Oklahoma. I know. I know. I mean, think of the new rivalries that'll come up. You know, think about you know when Texas A&M joined and. You get billboards saying we're going to, you know, beat you, Florida, and it's like they they're starting rivalry. So I think right. you kind of got to love some of that stuff with the SEC. Yeah, it's a bold new world in college uh, athletics. Um, you know, I, on the, Scott G's joining us by the way of the G's Law Group, big Gator fan. The Gator Report brought to you by the G's Law Group. I don't know if you saw this, but as we transition into NIL, which I know you're you're big into, um, what's his name, Ruiz, uh, Scott Ruiz, the guy at Miami, on the, any, yeah, uh, Ruiz is his name. He's been, you know, throwing that cash around. He's throwing that cash around down there in Miami. And then, lo and behold, what do you know? You ever been to South Beach? Yeah, I've been to South Beach. <laughs> and I ain't going back, bro. I can't afford it I anymore. Can't afford it anymore. <laughs> hey, but I think that really categorizes because, like, I, I remember when I was a young baby lawyer, I had a, a Jag convertible. And, you know, I pulled up and we're sitting there at News Cafe. And then I watched Ferrari, <laughs> Bentley, Maserati. I'm going, oh, wow. I'm out of my league. Yeah, out out of my, my I, league. I was just like. Well, well, evidently, there was a report came out yesterday that he's being investigated for running a Ponzi scheme. So all that all that money that he was promising maybe, Miami for NIL. Maybe it claws might back. Be, might be drying up a little bit, yeah. you know. If they do a Ponzi scheme, remember, they they claw back all that money. <laughs> right. So that would be horrible for Miami. Oh, that would be horrible. Break my heart. No, um, come on, come on. No, but it's but it's interesting that you know in the world of NIL now, you don't know what you're dealing with. You have you have these boosters. Or, yeah, I'm going to give you 10 million a year for the next four years. I'm pledging that. So and they go out and make NIL deals, 
thinking they're getting $40 million from somebody. And then, oh, wait, there's a little Ponzi scheme going on I here. Mean, so you that 20 $30 million that you were expecting in the next few years ain't going to be there. And you've already promised this NIL money. What, you know, what the hell? It, it, it's a tough thing. I think yeah. you've got to set that up. And luckily, Florida and Florida State have good boosters. Yes. They've got, and they've got multiple boosters. I mean, I think where that hurts is a Miami, a USF. Uh, UCF, where they don't have the the, bulk, the depth, the depth the of, of boosters, yeah. Yeah. and and that's where like you know, if you give a certain amount of money to Florida, like I think in the booster rankings for mm. me, I'm down here <laughs> just because I don't have the money you know to buy a stadium like they guys do. Whereas if I was if I was at USF, I'd probably be up here. Yeah, sure. you know. So I think that depth of the boosters for mm-hmm. both schools at Florida and Florida State. So that's that's why I'm I'm hopeful. I'm I'm hopeful for more than four wins this season. But uh, I, I I understand your prediction. I understand your prediction. But I don't think it's going to be. I I wouldn't be looking at the wins as much as I would be looking at the development of players. And I know that's hard to do. Oh. That's hard to do. It's, yeah. you got to choke on it. Remember, remember your premier program, supposedly? You've, yeah. you, you've had how many national championships? You've had how many you know, Heisman trophies? And I'm hopeful. I'm, I think in it, the quarterback play, it's key for us. Yeah. If he can deliver and some of these younger players mm-hmm. that are supposed, supposed to be skilled, and, and they are, and, and I get spring ball doesn't translate to fall, mm-hmm. if they can do some of that stuff, you know, it is. It, it could be a better season, and I think you're right. We've, I think Utah, Kentucky, I we've got some key games that we've got to win. I'm, mm-hmm. I'd like to see us maybe edge out Tennessee. You Ooh. know, that that would be an interesting. If we won that game, mm-hmm. then that'd I, be huge. I think our, you know, that sets your season up. That sets our yeah. season up yeah. to get to at least a bowl. Yeah, you know, we're which is crucial because those extra practices when you're building a program like Florida is, rebuilding a program. You you need those extra 15 practices for the bowl game for next season. And I think that's huge. nice. I think that's huge in the fact that we're actually going to have players that are probably playing the bowl game exactly. this year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we won't have, you know, the hey, <laughs> uh, these 16 players are not going to play this game because and, – and I don't disagree with it. No. Hey, if I'm a first-round draft pick, I'm out. I'm out. I yeah. mean, with, I'm for not who, going for to, what? Yeah. Yeah, Las Vegas, what, bowl, where? No. Who? No. You know, so I get that. So I think that'll be kind of some fun uh, for us if we can get one of the, you know, we just need to snatch one of those That's games. All. That's all you need. That people don't, don't think we're going to win. And, you know, of just, course, just win the don't games. Don't make it the FSU game, please. You know. Beat Texas A&M. Don't be, I, beat Jimbo. I, I hate Jimbo. Yeah, Jimbo. I, I mean, I think. I'll be rooting for you guys in that game. I think Absolutely. everybody roots for us that's an FSU fan for that game. They're like <laughs> the only time they, you know. I, I can send over a Gator shirt during the I'll Texas A&M happy, game. And, you, and you'd be happy to wear it. Happy to wear it. Absolutely. So I, I'll I, be chomping I, all, all over it, baby. I'll you know, let's I, go. I, I, the problem is, I think, you know, Jimbo had played us so many times when he was at FSU, yeah. he kind of knew what was going on. Yeah, it's all different now, though. Yeah. It's all different now. Well, Scott, thanks for coming in, man. Thank, thank you, you for your sponsorship. We thank really you. appreciate it. Without it, uh, we wouldn't be here. So thank and, you very much. And keep having fun. Yeah, we do have fun. You know that. Uh, Scott Cheese, you want to run my run the break, Nick? Nick will come over here and run the break. Yeah, I was about to say. Do we have a break? I'm a sad substitute for Nick, but I, I tried. No, no, you did a hell of a job. <laughs> All right, quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Back in three.
Emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, welcome back. Nice of Scott Chiefs to stop by. And uh, please, if you guys have any legal questions whatsoever if you get involved in an accident make sure you uh, hit them up at the Chiefs law group jeps law group.com and uh, tell them jp sent you because they uh, obviously without them we would not be here so if you enjoy this show um just give them a call over there if you have any issues or just uh you know write them a nice note if you would just say thank you for supporting the show we really appreciate it 
good people, all you Gator fans out there. Um, and I, you know, it's it's so fun to be able to talk with you know your rivals and not be like it's you know life and death. It's just it's it's the way it should be, and it's, it's I cannot wait to get inside Camping World Stadium. Said no one ever, by the way. It's a crap, crap stadium that place is. <laughs> but it, when FSU's playing LSU, I'm down. It'll be, be it'll be better than going to New Orleans like last year. A lot better. Taking life a lot in my better. hands. And it sounds like you're going to be up in the in the box, right? Yep. Yeah, I just uh, got uh, my credential okayed, so I'll be up in the box and then down for the press conferences to be grilling these coaches, whether it be that 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 Cajun talking. Uh, <laughs> Brian Kelly, or or whether it be Mike Norvell, we'll be uh, we'll be doing the post game there and bringing all the great stuff back to you guys here at uh, at the JP Peterson show. Do we miss anything today? What, what, what I think we I think we covered all of our bases and in perfect time. We're out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time um, today. We hope, hope to have Matt Matera on tomorrow from Pewter Report, who was up there uh, eyeballing all these practices up there. So. Um, Bucks are done for the day, and they'll be. I cannot wait for Saturday night or uh, uh, Saturday night, where it's going to be a chippy little affair, I think, against the Jets for preseason, which you can see on News Channel Eight. We we'll get Dan, uh, Dan Lucas on with us. He was up there as well, so we'll get Luke on with us tomorrow as well as they get uh, set for that game. Uh, all right, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, no raise today, so we'll uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. All Buccaneers. See you then.